Welcome to episode six of the Loud and Uninformed podcast. I am your host, Sean Foley. I'm sitting oddly close. Like, I'm used to there being a Zoom window here, but uh, Skylar Mall Brown is literally less than an inch away from me. How are you doing tonight? We are live and in person at the new studio. Very exciting. Yes, we got monetized. We got a new studio. We don't have enough money yet to fly Jeep up from Richmond. The expense account is small. But but we're working on it, and soon we will have a three-person live podcast with a live studio audience as well. It's going to have, you know, like in the Sunny podcast, how they have like their different catchphrases up on the walls. We're going to have separate the art from the artist right above, <laughs> right above the camera shot. Absolutely. We did have three advertisers pull out their offers after listening to the last episode. So. I'm, not, I'm not surprised. We do this for the people. That's why our GoFundMe is going live tomorrow morning. <laughs> All right, Jeep, how are you doing, man? We're doing well. We're doing well. You just got off a, a nice nine-hour day of auditing the public health care system in Virginia. So taxes are going to do much more. Now, so. Well, I'd rather have you, Jeep, than anybody else I know. Except Thank for maybe Jack Carney. He's my roommate. So um, maybe Jack gets above you. All right, that's I, I can accept that. <laughs> All right, well, me and Sky a little earlier actually met up and we watched the Argentina-Croatia World Cup game. And I got to say, I am excited for the fact that Messi looks like he might be bowing out as a World Cup winner if he wins this next game. He looks phenomenal. He was a goal and a sister today. I think the quarterfinals games, even if you're not a big soccer aficionado, and I hope People still stuck on to watch the World Cup because the quarterfinals were tremendous. The Argentina-Netherlands game, 2 nothing up Argentina in the 80th minute. Netherlands battled back 2-2, brought it to extra time, PKs. I Jeep, think there's some phenomenal tournament action. Jeep, did you find time in your nine hours of, of auditing to watch a World Cup game today? Oh, so I was signing into my parents' Xfinity account, and it <laughs> wouldn't let me like watch Fox Sports. So Why? I don't know. That's yeah, the bottom of that by tomorrow. Right? And Xfinity. Xfinity just sucks. Um, so I didn't get eyes on it. I did follow Gee, it. That's a potential sponsor. <laughs> I well, no, fuck them. We're not gonna <laughs> but um I would say this World Cup, you know, we heard from Chong that the actual amenities were up to snuff and everything like that. But I'd say play on field has been good. There's been talk of a little bit of game fixing. Feels like some of the players are a little upset by the refing that happened in the quarterfinals. I know my roommate Monty Thornburn was a little bit butthurt by how the England-France game was called. But I've learned that Monty's a man without integrity, so I would take that with a grain of salt. We don't have to dig into that one right now, but uh <laughs> but um what I would just say is England had every chance to win that game and they just couldn't be clinical. And, you know, Harry Kane lines up for that second pillar and it's such a mind game PKs. Like that's one of the hardest things I think in sports, especially a second one and get this, get this. Harry Kane lines up. The goalie is his best friend, his teammate for 10 years on the club side knows he goes left 70% 70% of the time that he converts. And the first PK of the game, he goes left and converts. That's good. It's called a first second time. He's got to look at his best friend in the face and be like, what is this guy going to do? They face each other every day in practice. How difficult is that to figure out where you put the PK? You think that gives the advantage to the shooter or to the I goalie? I think it gives it to the goalie because I think the shooter has to make the decision. The goalie just has to walk up here and go, I guessed wrong last time. Yeah, I just have to guess a certain direction this time. And if he puts it that way, he messes up and Harry Kane skies it. I mean, just unbelievable pressure of what a what a penalty kick is. Gee, got a question here. Let's hear it. If you had a penalty kick in a World Cup. Or you could take you went to the line in the NBA finals game, ruckus crowd, you know, everybody's chanting. You got to make two free throws. Send the game to overtime. What are you stepping up and doing? Two free throws out of two attempts. Yeah. Versus versus one PK penalty kick. And I'm not even saying the final. I'm just saying a World Cup game because the goals mean so much in the World Cup. All right. So this is tough. Um, 
And if I had a soccer background, I would definitely go with the penalty kick. But so I, I probably on a good day, I'm shooting 70% from the line. So you take into okay. account that the raucous crowd, maybe I'm I'm 50-50 and I got to make two of them. So that gives me a 25% chance. That's accounting math right there. I think I think I'd rather take the penalty kick because I think I can make more than one and four in them, even with my lack of ability to shoot. I mean, I'm just gonna kick it as hard as I can towards the goal and see what happens. And I'm just gonna choose a side and go, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would take the penalty kick over two free throws. I I my answer to this earlier when we talked about it was I think that the that my non-athlete status as a soccer player, not even being close to that level, is a much bigger impact than than from the free throws. Because like you mentioned, you shoot 70%. You have a better career free throw percentage than Shaq. You know, there's a certain point where people would rather have George Brandt on the free throw line. Just also remember, Jeep can do a backdoor cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basketball. I mean, Jeep's, Jeep's averaging 80. <laughs> All right, there's no, absolutely no reason to bring that up. That is, <laughs> but so so I mean, I I would wonder if somebody like you or I, um, what the pop of a sock of a penalty kick off of our foot would look like to a professional goalie, and how many degrees easier it would be to deal with a kick coming off of my non-trained foot versus an actual good player. And we were talking about this earlier. What do you think the percentage of penalty kicks that they convert in general is? And I think that's with high. And the, you're like supposed to make them. But but how but high? I, you're I supposed to say, make a free I would throw. say this though. The thing is about a PK is because it's such a mind game, I think it gets so much harder the more important it gets. Where the World Cup PK is like a goal in the World Cup is worth more than anything. Like these games end. No, One but nail, this in this like, in this situation, we're talking about like Jeeb gets fouled with no time left, no one's on the line, down two in a finals game. I mean, listen, it's as much I pressure as you can get on either side. I own the I own the record for Philadelphia Interact Basketball worst free throw percentage from the line. <laughs> what like, was I it? Get Do you out. have the number? I think I was below like forty percent. Oh my god. <laughs> You just have you were to not throw it up basketball. towards the basket. It's going to go in half the time. <laughs> Listen, guys, I had big lime in Wait, the so ass. what are you picking? <laughs> so my brother got the soccer talent. Yes. He's a D1 soccer player. So it's got to be University. swimming around there somewhere. Shout out the hawk never dies. Get some hawks. But um, I think I would take the free throws just because I'm more experienced in it. And I and I I've had this talk with people before about like would you rather do a free throw in an NBA game or catch an MLB high pop? And I think the MLB high pop is insane, but a lot of people feel comfortable with an MLB oh, high pop. I'd be more comfortable with that. I think I would too, because think about the the MLB pop fly. Like they they catch ninety nine percent. I'm thinking about it in percentages. Like, but I don't think you faced anything that height in little league, Jeeb. No, that's definitely true. <laughs> but it. It's still like very similar. Like uh, as long as I don't have to run too far, like if it's relatively routine, I'm confident that I'd be able to get under it more than I'd make two free throws in a hostile environment. Yeah. I think uh, this is why I think the PK one is the obvious not choice here is because I think that we have consistently undervalued how much worse we are against like an actual opponent who's trying to do the thing against us. And I feel like a, a a professional level goalie would just have such a head and shoulders advantage over us in any of those situations. And we mentioned earlier, the World Cup seems harder to make a PK than it is. I just think the pressure's bigger because it's the just bigger. bigger. I, I think it's not It's not just like your town in Southampton, London, like in England. Here's about that. It's, it's 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 your nation, Argentina, who literally Maradona won them the World Cup, and there's a church. Of Maradona, they don't think Messi. Argentinians to this day will not say Messi is the best soccer player ever. They will say Maradona is because he won them a World Cup. And that's why they Messi kill a dude. They killed. It was like a club team in that was Colombia. That was Colombia. Oh, okay. Thirty for thirty, by the way. It's the two Escobars. Fantastic for thirty oh, for right. thirty because it was Pablo Escobar funded the soccer program, but then also the soccer player that got an own goal. 
I think it was only in Copa America, which is like the South American tournament. Got an own goal in that, and the the cartels came after him because they had so much money on the games and stuff like that. And he also was named Escobar. All right, switching from death, let's go to the NFL AFC picture. Uh, how are we feeling about this? Jeeve, I know you're you're kind of the AFC guy. I feel like we've kind of ignored the AFC over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean. You know, I, like the Eagles are just the best team in the NFL, so we don't have to talk about, right. the, about the Giants. So we're real quick for a rundown of what we're actually looking at here. We got Bills at one, Chiefs at two, Ravens at three, Titans is four. Those are all the conference winners. Then we have the Bengals at five, who are tied with the Ravens at three. So those two are basically flip-flop. Um, and then we have this kind of six, seven, eight, nine log jam. That's the three remaining AFC East teams, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Jets. Um, and then the Chargers are in there too. Uh, and then and then after that, it's the Jags who are two games back. So that's really what the race looks like right now. Just to paint paint the listeners a picture here. So Jeep, please. Uh, I mean, I think the Chiefs uh, at the end of the day, I think they're going to get their shit together. Um, you know, shitty shitty year last year but they've been there like they've won the super bowl hey, Mahomes threw three picks last week oh stop it yeah but three. that's one that's one seventeenth of the regular season that you, you catch him on a bad day i'll be the, i'm gonna rein in my inner homerism here because okay Steve, guess how many picks jalen hurts has on here uh, i'm i'm gonna guess three <laughs> <laughs> that is how many <laughs> All right. I'm saying, I'm saying right now, everybody was saying Jalen, uh, not Jalen, sorry. Patrick Mahomes is elevating the Chiefs, lost Tyreek Hill and all that stuff. And I'm just like, perform like it. I, I think that Patrick Mahomes does not have the talent around him other than Kelsey. Like the, the Eagles have a significant talent advantage, especially defensively. Oh, you're right. You're right. All right listen, I'm not going to argue this. I think totally true. The Eagles offense is more dynamic. We're going to talk AFC. Before we got in this pod, Sean, Sean literally said, we will not, not talk about the Eagles on this podcast. Well, one more thing about the Eagles. How, how much time? Do we have a timer for how long it took? We'll have to. We'll have to do we'll get our to, social yeah, media. The social media intern play the timer. Slash time until Eagles. I, Hi, it's the loud and uninformed unpaid intern here, and we clocked in. Sean didn't mention the Eagles for a full six seconds. New record. Congrats to Sean. So Jalen Hurts is now the betting favorite. That and was, yeah. So Obviously. what do you think about that, Jim? I mean, I think he's a product of the system. Um, Boy, does he the storylines. The story, uh, I mean, like, I, I don't think... I wish storyline is that everybody maybe. said. If you look back, uh, and you know, I follow Eagles Twitter. Everybody's retweeting the one from preseason that's like, who's going to stop this offense? Sports Center put out in February of like, or no, sorry, not February, May of like AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts. And they're like, Jalen Hurts will stop the offense. That's who's going to stop it. But that's like <laughs> a case for like most improved, or, you know, he outperformed whatever. Except for the thought fact he that he's got like 3,000 passing yards. No, no, no. Like, he's. Played, he's, he's played unbelievably well. And I think that he's going to end up winning just because if like Josh Allen's had a hell of a year, but it feels like he's been disappointing. Yeah. And Mahomes threw three interceptions in like prime voting territory. Like it's week 14 is when people are paying attention. That's a bad game because then people can say those exact stats. <laughs> Sorry. That was talking. Am, am I the <laughs> only one who doesn't like care about MVP races as much? Like I, I feel like, I don't really. They're just so it. important for legacy, though, because when yeah. you talk about like who's the greatest of all time, when you talk about like remembering this era and who's going to make the Hall of Fame, like these are well, very Steve, you're also, basketball. Also yeah, Lamar, you also a Lamar fan, and like Lamar's won that MVP, and I think that's his biggest, that's yeah, biggest feather in the cap. Him getting a big contract. I, so I'm I'm not like I, I do think Lamar needs to win playoff games. I think winning in the playoffs, and at the end of the day, Super Bowls are the most important thing. I mean, who's the goat? Brady. You could. I don't even know how many MVPs he has. Um, but it doesn't matter because he has seven Super Bowls. Manning's probably the second best in in our time, I'd say, and and he's got two, and nobody he's else. He's got has. the MVPs. That was the whole thing. I think Peyton's got like five, doesn't he? he? I think he has four. 
four. Yeah, and three. I'll still die by the argument that I think Peyton Manning is the better quarterback than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's the better winner. And I don't think it yeah. comes down to sheer number of MVPs, but I think you need to have some under your belt. It's almost like the LeBron thing where it's like, okay, he could have won MVP every year, but if he walked out of this with no MVPs or one sure. MVP, that would look much worse on a resume where that's not the case. And I think that that's like when Mahomes is building his all-time resume for someone like Jalen Hurts, who's young, that's building a resume that's starting up right now, especially if they can attach, you know, a Super Bowl to it. So I, mean, I think you're starting to look at those components of I how are we going to remember these guys. If I was a, an Eagles fan that wasn't so much driven by passion, it was more driven by the financials. <laughs> I might look at Patrick Mahomes' year and say, I think Patrick deserves it. But because I love Jalen Hurts and I love the emotions of rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not looking at the contract because guess what? As soon as he wins an MVP, he gets a max quarterback contract. Oh, yeah. And that that limits what you can do elsewhere, which I think was the Titans yeah. method where they look at their quarterback situation. They go, and then 49ers too. It's not just the Titans. I'm saying a lot of teams in the league do this. Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You know, like you take a quarterback that's above average and you, you try have to, to pay them. him. And you try even like above average, like top 15 quarterbacks, they're still hard to come by. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's why they command so much money. And then it's <laughs> only as with weight, uh, cap inflation, like it's only going to get worse or not worse, but that number is only going to be higher. And the quarterback is obviously the most important position in yeah. football. So I would love, Jeep, to hear your, your thoughts on the end on the clustered bottom of this whole race because. It seems like the top five are pretty much locked in. Titans look like they have the AFC South pretty much buttoned up. But then we have this Dolphins, Patriots, Chargers, Jets, four teams, two spots. Who's making it? Bengals. Well, the Bengals are going to make it. They're nine and four. Yeah, but Dolphins are eight and five. But the Bengals and the Ravens are both fighting for that, the winning Fair of the enough. AFC. So somebody's going we'll, we'll to get that division. Yeah, yes. and the Dolphins definitely have a head start, but the other three teams are seven and six, and the Dolphins are sitting at eight and five. I mean, I'll tell you right now, Bengals is a team I would not want to see in the playoffs. No. Oh, my God, yeah. no. I think they uh, borderline no, you don't. at this point. Yeah. These fans, the Titans fans, will tell you that, that they, they're a solid team. They're better than they were last year. Like, they're, they're line – is a bit better um and, and everything's just kind of clicking with joe burrow and his receiver jamar's back i mean joe Big burrow man. just has has the dog in him he it's... he plays a lot like tom brady like he's yep. he's like an athletic tom brady just these little that's where i like him <laughs> <laughs> he's also got a lot more like gunslinging for the pod yeah He's got some fuck it in him. Like he... know, Joe, Joe Burrow doesn't have kids, so he can't be kissing them on the mouth. But <laughs> not yet, not yet, not yet. He will. Uh, so I, as for okay, the Bengals are in. I agree with that. I I honestly don't know what's going to happen between the Dolphins, the Pats, and the the Chargers. Like I I think there's two two horrible. Yes, the Dolphins feel like they're about to fall. Off yeah, but two like, has also looked really good. Like. I can I don't want to look too far into one bad week. If it happens again, then two weeks. He was terrible the week before. So what a lot of people have been pointing out is that the reason that they were making so much hay in the passing game was they were just spamming the intermediate intermediate middle of the field. Um, and that was a really good counter to what most teams were doing defensively. And that now that the foil's kind of been figured out and it's been played out two weeks in a row um, that, that it's almost like schematically, this isn't going to work on a, on a, on a degree that it did before because somebody solved it. So there, I don't know how much to read into that, but I mean, watching them try to play the chargers on Sunday night was brutal. And Chris Collinsworth kept letting you know that those were uh, bad backup corners for the whole game. And he was just, well, I think that's the limitation you kind of run into with Tua. Uh, and like that's his whole thing is he he doesn't have the arm strength that a lot of other quarterbacks have. But I also think that Mike McDaniel is a really creative offensive coach, and I think he's got too many weapons to yeah not scheme around it, even if he's a little bit limited with what Tua can do. But it's not like yeah, Tua I think is gonna if be you're throwing... right. You, you... 
this week was the first big failure where I think you go, all right, we really need to like go back to the drawing board and make sure that we we're not just ramming our head into the I wall. I think Mike McDaniel though is that new era of coaches that believe in the analytics and they're kind of more like our generation. What are we like? Z double double D squared or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, somewhere there. Yeah, and they're just more chill. And like, obviously, he watches like TikToks and Instagram reels by how he acts when he's mic'd up, sure, and stuff like that. But I think there's a little bit of situational football that he needs to get better at. Sure, yeah, I, yeah. I think he's a little that comes too with relaxed. being a head coach, though, right? And I'll get this: you don't have to. I think the like Bill Belichick's of the of the like. And Mike Tomlin's, the Andy Reid's, like they don't love their players on purpose <laughs> because they want to get the most out of their players, and they're going to give you a compliment very sparingly. And Mike McDaniel's more like, "Hey, man, let's go play ping pong in the yeah, locker." Yeah, he wants to be liked, and I think that's another thing. Like he doesn't command the respect. I don't get that uh, kind of feeling from Tomlin as much. But Sirianni's the same way. I would say this about Mike McDaniel. He's a little more chill, but Sirianni's the same way with the Eagles where he's like, if he wants the guys to like him. Let's be friends. (laughs) But you've had a job before, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, this guy's just a manager. And do you really think that, that it's bad for him to be like, friends with the players like i don't think I, I understand that there's definitely like the lombardi tenants of coaching where like your people need to be scared of you and all of that but it feels like you know scared this is a professional setting they need to respect so at you. the end of the day it's like do, do you respect what i have to say uh, are we all here for the same goals are you willing to listen to me i don't know how much of like modern day nfl coaching comes down to like the the like screaming at people to make them do stuff. It was, uh, do you remember when Beeline started coaching the Cavs? And there's this whole thing where the Cavs players were like, you're treating us like we're Michigan players, like we're 18 to 22 and like we need to get in class on time. Well, I'm a like professional Matt athlete. So, Matt yeah. Rule was the same way. I'm a professional athlete. I'm a millionaire. This is literally my full-time job. Like I know what I'm doing and we need to interact on that level. It's not like a, I need discipline. It's like, I need an extra set of eyes on this just to make sure that we're doing this in the best possible way. Like everyone's yeah. supposed to be a professional and that's kind of the baseline. And that's why, I, I mean, to me, I'm like, I would love to play for McDaniel, at least the way I see it. But I feel like his problem though, is that when you get into those tough situations and all that stuff and they look up at coach. That's true. That is true. And he, and you just got to, when you're the coach, you have to separate yourself so that you can make the hard decisions. And you have to be out there and go like, this guy, I don't believe he could make that throw. We need to call the right play call. But what does that mean for, the, is that like he's too been too trusting in Tua? Because Tua's going to run over the sideline and go, I believe I can hit this fly right now. I believe <laughs> I can. I can get Tyreek Hill. And Mike Daniel needs to look at this and go, they're playing cover three in the back. They have three safeties over top of Tyreek Hill. Sure. This will be picked off every single time. We are going to throw an underneath slant. But that's a different <laughs> conversation than I'm not going to play two at all. That's still like an I have confidence no, yeah. in you. I don't think we're there yet. Loyal to what you're trying to do. But I, I'm afraid he falls into that conversation of he's just too. Buddy. I get what you were saying. He's like very buddy buddy with you. I've down, seen everybody's videos. downtrodden and you go yeah. into the locker room and you need somebody to kind of like reset the tone. I don't know if McDaniel's the guy for that. And I do think that that's when you kind of have that like strict father figure right (laughs) who's like who's like i know the way even if you don't and i can't just blindly follow me into the right my my coaches majority of my coaches in my experience were the more like were my also by the way i never made it out of high school so i'm not saying like i have true experience in the college or the pro levels (laughs) i wasn't getting paid (laughs) sort of thing but like you need that, like, because at the end of the day, like, you're out there on a field and you need a commander. It's like we go deep into and rest in peace, Mike Leach. I want to be the first to say on the pod, like, rest yeah, in we peace. would be remiss. Really, really sad. He, for me, if this pod ever made it big, was a hundred percent like a white whale of a guest that I would love to have interviewed because Mike Leach oh, is yeah. just one of the most amazing college, football personalities, just not college, like football personalities. And I've always respected the whole like go to law school and then become yeah, a football just, coach. Like that's really yeah. cool. Get a crazy like, do this. 
Yeah, because I was reading something earlier that was like so many coaches nowadays come from the place of where they can just afford to live on like a scout's tiny really? salary yeah. and then like just kind of grid it out and work their way up and take all the lumps. I love the idea of just like, no, I'm too smart for that. I'll go get a law degree and then just kind of like horn my way in from the side. Like, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really sad news to hear about him, but I, I mean, just like, I honestly forget where my point was going. Well, I was getting oh, getting get caught up. With uh, <laughs> caught up with Mike. You're saying like a stern coach is good for steering the ship, but I'll say I, it's well, also like a more, wasn't a stern coach though. It's also it's like, like an emo. It's somebody who can like evoke emotion, like somebody you yeah. kind of have to have almost that like actor in you. I think that's what's been so successful about Dan Campbell's re- regime thus far. That's true. It's that's like another incredible. They turned their season emotion. around. They turned yeah. their season around. And I think Dan Campbell's probably the antithesis to Mike McDaniel, which is cool that they're both working. And that is sure. both separate management styles. Dan Campbell. You, know, you have Dan Campbell who, who just goes, believes in put another forty-five pound plate on that yeah, on yeah. that bar. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like stuff that doesn't make any sense to do, but like you should do it because it's a character. Builder. All right, Jeep. Right now, who's your Super Bowl pick? Three, Chiefs. two, one. Chiefs. All right, Skyler. Three. Two, I hate to say it. Bengals. One. Bengals. Wow. Yeah, fuck that. I don't want to see I that. Think they, I think last year was their year that they're going to win one. I do too. As much as I just praised them a second ago, like I, I do think that the Chiefs are just – they're hungry. The Bengals beat them again in the regular season this year. Um, do we all do we all agree that Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback in the NFL, just like from a pure skill? Absolutely, standpoint? but yes. where would you – all right. Homer is coming up. Where would you put Hurts right now? Like six. Five, six. Name them. So definitely Patrick Mahomes, definitely Josh Allen, definitely Justin Herbert. Those are my Herbert, favorite. Herbert for sure, for sure. I think Hurts has passed Herbert at this point. Absolutely. No way. No, 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 no. Like going forward for if you're building a team, sure. You would rather have just you would rather have Jalen Hurts right now in the Eagles. I Justin think it's Herbert. been very proven it's more valuable to have a dynamic quarterback than it is to have a gunslinger. He is dynamic. He's a runner. Herbert is not nearly as dynamic as Jalen Hurts. If you're saying that he doesn't run as much, Jalen Hurts can't. Make I would agree. Jalen Hurts is also record games passing this year. No, it's not like he's just a runner. No, but no, but Herbert so isn't much throwing of that has to Devontae Smith incredible. and AJ Brown. Yeah, they're Herbert second receiving the weapons. You guys keep naming yours. Keep naming. Keep naming. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow, uh, I'd take before. Um, yeah, I'd take Joe Burrow before Jalen Hurts. So that's four. I, I'd take Lamar. I would take Lamar. That's five. I think that's an appropriate place for him. Six is is if we said that at the beginning of the season before we start playing, that would be absurd. Yeah. So no, I think I that's already a, a significant agree. concession. I think that a lot of people would say the Tua is better than him. I would disagree no, with that. I, I would, would say that that's not a ridiculous take. I don't think Tua is Although, consistent. Tua did I would agree take his that. job. He kicked him out of Alabama. So. <laughs> but guess what? That was a while Guess ago. what? Hurts, there's a great picture on the sideline from this game where A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are all buddy-buddy and they're laughing and all this stuff on the sideline because they're up 21 nothing, And Jalen Hurts is sitting there, stoic, staring straight forward. Like, this guy remembers shit. Like, I'm sure he was thinking about some Giants player that said some shit to him his rookie year and was like, I'm going to beat them 48 nothing." Now, <laughs> like, now, are now, you now, sure I don't the know cameras that... didn't just happen to, like, get a picture of him looking at the no, no, no. And he's also had this in interviews where AJ Brown has literally said, I've tried to make him smile during a game and he refuses. To. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, I don't know if Jack Drake listens to this podcast, but I'm going to answer the lingering question on his mind. Aaron Rodgers was not said in those names. Do you think that he's fallen beneath Jalen hurts in active quarterback rankings? At, like active right now. Like, sure. would you rather no. right now you need to win a Super Bowl next year? Have Jalen Hurts or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers for sure. I would agree, but too. So I there are some another. serious one. He's got to quit feeling one. sorry for himself. Like he, he needs. To... <laughs> he's to do less mushrooms on game day. <laughs> well, I don't even think it's that. Stop he's just like fucking fit. He's he's being a bitch. Like everything's not perfect for he him. He does that every year, him. though. The difference is that he usually turns it around because he at least has like something to work with, and he just has nothing to work with right now. Yeah, I agree. Although Christian Watson is kind of developing he's into blue. something interesting. Yeah, but I mean, he's yeah. But he's when he's so your number it. one option, yeah. I'll He'll tell be. you what. I'll tell you what. And that it it claims to Rogers' greatness. 
because he just needs a guy with speed, and that's all Watson is. The Watson is not a phenomenal wide receiver. He's not a great route runner. He reminds uh, me of um, he he was making some possession plays against the Titans. I feel like that like he he's just a guy that has some speed, and Rodgers is like I can put the ball in the right place, and that's that's the Aaron Rodgers greatness. But I would say you know if I was the Packers. Call me heinous, and Jack Drake, I think, would agree with me. <laughs> I would not run Rodgers on this team. I'd rather have Hurts because with Hurts, you can do more. No, Hurts would be getting his ass kicked. Yeah, he'd be getting. No, I'm telling you, you would call 50% of your plays would be quarterback runs or. or no, reach. but you're so spoiled by that just unbelievable offensive line. It's like, oh, you call a quarterback run, you get guys, 10 yards. Guys, guys. What are you talking I'm about? Really glad we did this, I'm really glad we did this whole NFL segment. Yeah, I can't believe we got so – we had drawn in so hard on the Eagles. That's the bulk stage. That's the bulk stage. All you need now is just throw around as much weight as much as possible, and you're going to look like a, a middle linebacker in no time. Oh, that's my goal. That's my That should be your goal. You want goal. traps up to like here. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Just don't come across the middle on me. No, no, no. Never, never. If you're a, if you're a slot receiver catching a slant, not near George Brandt. <laughs> that's a rhyme. <laughs> All right. And here we are. It's time for our mailbag segment. It was a great hit after last week. And the responses this week, we got – just a tremendous amount. And once again, I got to say, I love our listeners. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Thank listeners. You. We, we might be- not know who you are. We might not know what drew you to this, but we love you. Know we got to say, and I, I got to shout out, I want to thank the listeners that didn't go to the University of Richmond. Yes. Or didn't grow up with me or weren't <laughs> my father, even though I love all those. All great people. All great people. I want to shout out the random listeners right now. Thank you for thank you for checking in. I'm glad you found value in this and uh, uh grow. We only want we only want to grow more. Yeah, so get uh, your friends. Yeah, more of you, please. We uh, have bills to pay. Yeah, children to feed. All right. So want to start out here. This is the mailbag segment. Hit it. Russell Cooper asks, longtime listener hasn't called in yet. We got to get him on. What will be the downfall of the Cowboys? I can't t- wait to tell you why you're wrong from Russell. That's a good one. George, you got an answer? I would say Dak getting hurt, but Interesting. Cooper Rush is kind of a stud, so I don't even know <laughs> if it's that. I don't know. I think the Cowboys will be creative this year uh, with how they choose to lose in the regional <laughs> round, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I think for me, it's the competition from, unfortunately, Philadelphia. I think that the uh, just just that's a going to be a pretty big hill to climb. I don't know that the Cowboys specifically are super well are, are super well equipped to deal with the Eagles. Um, and I don't know. I, I just don't really see them making the Super Bowl. But boy, would I rather have them make the Super Bowl than Philly. So, <laughs> boys, agree. you got my support. Um. And this is just looking at what the team's talent-wise is. I do think the one seed is so critical this year. Because I'm going to admit something here that most most Philly homers won't admit. I think the Eagles and Cowboys are pretty comparable. Like I, I think oh, for sure. Between the for two sure. teams, like they're 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 not that far apart. I think what the Eagles have on them is two wins, yes. and therefore should secure the first seed. And I think the Cowboys' ultimate downfall will be they'll have to travel to Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah, I, I feel like the Cowboys are almost another better game away. Under their belt in the last couple of weeks. I'm telling you right now, though, they're not better away in Lincoln Financial Field, Jeep, because that's a different kind of home field scenario. I also feel like the Eagles are better in the trenches on both sides, um, which has just been a total luxury for Philly that they've kind of been riding this whole year. And yeah. I, don't, I don't really see – that always becomes a bigger advantage when the weather gets cold. Deshaun's point, you got a team that's in Dallas playing in AT&T that's got to come up to the link, probably play in the snow. And I'm telling you right now, the Cowboys, they're all they're all like little prima donnas. You know, they get some <laughs> Philly, hard boy, Northeast, South Philly, West Philly. East Philly doesn't exist for everybody out there. East Philly is not a thing. 
New Jersey, isn't it? New Jersey. And I'll just (laughs) tell you right now, they ain't going to be ready for it. They ain't going to be ready for it. That would be my take. I could say that they will could make it all the way to the NFC Championship, but based on I the think fact the that Cowboys they have are talented it, enough, I do think I they think, are. Also, McCarthy. I was thinking not I, a good McCarthy's going to be there on the sideline, bundled up in the cold, and he's going to get a little cold brain, and he's going to call coach. a bad timeout, and suddenly I, I, they I, have one timeout left in the fourth quarter. We'll see. You know what I think is McCarthy. the best coach with a legitimate chance to win the NFC is Kyle Shanahan. I like this 49ers oh, totally. Team. That's actually a great point, too. I think I would right now take the 49ers with more favorable home advantages than the than the Cowboys, too. Maybe not with Brock Purdy. Apparently, uh, uh, Jimmy pretty fucking good looked, yesterday. Or Monday, he, looked, he, he, looked good. he looked good in one game against the Buccaneers, who have honestly looked pretty bad all year. We'll have a pretty and, good defense, but I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's like Sean mentioned earlier. It's all about consistency. All right. We spent enough time on this Russell question because right, he also going, committed seven others. It's okay. Keep, next next <laughs> yeah. Russell question. All right. This is coming from uh, no relation here. Jay Foley 298. Okay. I <laughs> swear to God, I don't know this guy Stepper at Jay all. Foley. It's definitely not a guy I'm in his wedding in a couple months. No chance about it. Congrats. Goes, what does Ted Butt need to do to avoid another disappointing season next year? So to explain to listeners... My fantasy team in my family group chat is Ted's butt because that's my brother. And, you know, my his butt, you know, it's a funny name. And I get so Butts frustrated every year by this league because I am one of the three people that actually pays attention to fantasy football out of like 14 people. And I come in like bottom four every year. You know, I do the draft. I do all the thing. I pick up the free agent miles. But you're not you a know, bad fantasy People don't player, set so their what, lineups. What happens? People don't even set their lineups when I lose. I, I don't get it. I, it gives me an aneurysm. But you're not a bad fantasy football player. What happens? I think in competitive leagues, I'm better because people switch out their lineups. I think if the truth is, it's the ultimate test of if you just stick to your lineup from the start of the year to the end, at the end of the day, if you draft it well, That's it's going to be okay. Because a lot of times you draft based on what they're <laughs> going to do later in the season, then you get cold feet and you sell them off. Jeeb, you've been playing fantasy this year? Yeah. How are the teams looking? Not good. I I, <laughs> I, I suck at fantasy football, and I, I'm confident. I, I'm only in one league, and it's with my class uh, It for my like our pledge class, and I'm confident that I spend more time – watching and following football than most of them and i you know i still lose so it, it is very frustrating and i haven't even had any bad injuries this year i started out four and oh uh and i had the most points scored and then I, everything just went to shit no injuries like it, it just kareem hunt stopped scoring aj brown's been my best player um which was kind of a a, a nice little hedge my, uh, I can't believe you drafted AJ Brown. Yeah, I can't believe you drafted AJ Brown. By the way, Jeeber, how many points did Deshaun Watson get this week? Yeah, how many points did Deshaun Watson get? He, he did all right. He got like 16. Yeah. Um, I thought he got like eight, and we were going to say how were the eight points, your morals worth your soul. For eight points. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is between him and Kyler, and I'm glad I didn't start Kyler. So. <laughs> Although I still got my ass kicked in. All right, all right. Next question. Next question. Yeah, another mailbag. Go. What has been the coolest name you've heard in the World Cup? The coolest person's name? Yeah. All right, you go. I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's like Digne on France, which I kind of like. Digne. Mm-hmm. Digne. I like that. But like, he's the best player in the world. Like, that's the greatest game, the greatest name you could have. I also like Harry Kane, even though it's like, Harry Kane, Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Like, there's no H there. Um. Son Hung Min of South Korea, world crass left winger for Tottenham Hotspur. Like, he's actually phenomenal. He is. But, like, that's a good name. Um, how can you not like the Brazilians that just have one name, like Neymar? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just rattling off names. You guys have any? Chief, you, you know any of these? No. I mean, I know Neymar, obviously, and Mbappe, but. Uh, how, about, how about Virgil van Dyke? I like van Dyke. <laughs> van Dyke's a good one. I, I, I just like Tyler Adams. Uh, I think like, <laughs> a not, you got to appreciate a good Tyler. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nothing like a good Tyler. Uh, that's a good name. I mean, honestly, Team USA's got some good names. All right. I got one here from uh, just a super attractive listener. If football is not feet, 
and soccer is not socks, then why hockey? I am suspicious. Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I don't have anything. I, I, I don't know. It's a good thing because, like, why do those two sports put, like, article of clothing? So I found out soccer yeah. is old English slang for, fo- for foot- football. So we're actually more proper? So that's the whole thing is we took it from England – and, and they now, bitch about now, it. They're, when we all, they're it getting all butthurt about it. So I'm sure every single That's person who listens to this has already heard that. But if no, this podcast isn't us regurgitating something that you watched on TV three days ago, then stop listening. All right. Probably our most just like least handsome listener. This comes from JC Hutch 8. Obviously. Yeah. Sure. If, if oh, you yeah. know, this, I think he's out in the Midwest, out in Chicago. Sure. Um. NFL is having a Christmas party. Who dresses up as Santa and who are the elves? So I actually put a lot of thought into this. If we're going historical, Santa is Vince Wilfork 100% of the time. Um, But I think that if we're going for current day, I think that Vita Vea would make a fantastic Santa. I think that Trent Brown would make a fantastic Santa. He would. Gordon Davis would be a good Santa. I'm going to throw Jason Kelsey out there. Oh, actually, that would be one of the best ones. Racially motivated. Probably. Come on now. Um, I no, think Deshaun Watson would be. The no, oh, the no. L's have got to be like, and these are all people that don't play in the NFL anymore. But like Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, that feels racial. That feels a little racial. So we'll take a turn. They're Danny, not Santas. Austin Scott. I'm thinking of anybody under five foot seven is where we want to be. Why? Jolly, jolly Christmas. <laughs> That's a good one. You got any elves for us, Jeeb? El- uh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Santa's under five foot seven. No, I mean Golden Tate. Uh <laughs> is he Golden Tate tall? No, is he? He looks skinny as fuck. I, I, I think Devontae Smith would be uh a good, Smith's a good one. He's a little guy. Um I feel like uh Garrick would be a great elf. That's a good one. He's probably pretty small. Kyler Murray would make a great also because yeah. he's a little weird. Garden Minshew's a little weird. So. Yeah, he'd be good for like a kind of wild card elf. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Putting stuff in the bunch. I have six other Russell questions to choose from. I'm just going to go. choose two. Why is Harry Kane the most overrated player of all time? And I want to say this. I want to give a shout out to my dear friend, Monty Thornburn, who's an American born citizen that chooses to root for England. And I'm not going to explain why he does that so that everybody of the listeners thinks that he's just a great trader, like he's from 1774 and he's like calling out that the rebels are drinking in the pub over here and the British soldiers, you should go get them. Of course. But I would say about that, I mean, like we talked about PKs earlier. I feel so bad for Harry Kane because he's just scored so many goals over career and none of them mattered because he's played for Tottenham Hotspur, (laughs) who sucks. And he's played for England, who hasn't achieved shit. <laughs> I will I will say for England, who I think is pretty universally considered a top five country in, in right now. In in soccer right, right now. now. And Harry Kane is, I would say, undisputably the face of England. Sorry, soccer. you should be saying his name properly. Harry Kane. So because Harry Kane is uh is the face of English soccer, top five nation, and he doesn't even really play for a particularly consequential club. They're no. not very good, and they don't I really. Like make- this year, they were chosen as one of the dark horses of the Premier League, and they're already out of the title conversation. He's like not playing in significant international competition. Shout out Nick Brackenridge, who's a Tottenham Hotspur fan. So if we're really talking about like you know who's actually earned this, and we're talking about the Messi's, the Ronaldo's, the Neymar's, the people who are really earned face of their nations, I'd say that Harry Kane is a, a solid tier, if not a few below them. So there's the answer. Overrated. Next, GB, everything add, or do you want me to jump back? Next no, I, th- I think that uh, well said, eloquently spoken. Thanks, George. NBA Finals winner, hot takes only. And I think this comes in from a certain listener who might have an attraction to one of our, Hi, one Christine. Of our uh, speakers here. Uh, I'll, I'll go for it then. I think, <laughs> I think my big dark horse right now is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and I, the reason I'm saying it. I feel like these young teams never really get the kind of it's tough to be successful when you're a young team and you don't have that kind of leadership. But I think that Cleveland has so many different and interesting ways to win 
that they could give the entire Easter up for their money. I think Boston's the clear favorite there. I think you're on crack if you think Cleveland's going to out of the East. Gesundheit. But I don't think that there's another team in the East that I would trust more than Cleveland right now. Bang! All right, somebody go next. Trust more than Cleveland? Trust more than Cleveland outside of Boston. They're number two. The Bucks? What? Okay. Um, oh, except for the Bucks. They're number three. I yeah. forgot that the Bucks were in the East. What about the Nets? Or are they still don't kind of the falling Nets. apart? Yeah, I don't trust the Nets at all. So that would be a hot take because if that's a hot take, I'm probably going to take the Nets. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a hot I'm take. I'm telling you right now. It's a red I, hot take. Is this I, with Kyrie or? Would I be shocked? Is, however, if, it, they might even be better without Kyrie. But I think as long would as you I have KD, you, you've <laughs> got to get – sorry. I, I didn't mean to talk about <laughs> you. Especially about the NBA, which you obviously know a lot more about than I do. But I think as long as you have KD, you're a contender. So just by talent, Celtics, Bucks, Nets, Sixers, right in there. And then you get Cavs, Heat. Like, it's a packed East. It is. I'm saying the Sixers are a drop-off, too. I don't. I think those top three are a little, a little above everybody. But I would also say this. The Cavs are young. I know they got Donovan Mitchell and stuff like that. It's just NBA history. They're going to lose. Yeah. They're 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 gonna lose. They're not getting out of the East. It's just NBA history. Did you know? I found a really interesting fact. When somebody was arguing with the Victor Wenabia, whatever his name is, Wenbinyama. How? No superstar has been the mainstay on their team and won an NBA Finals before the age of twenty-seven. The one exception, twenty-seven. Well, the one exception is Giannis Antetokounmpo at or, age twenty-six. So does that signal that the age is moving down to you? No. Okay. Because it's an exception to the rule. But what I would argue there is that just the general age is going down. And who would you say is the star on the Cavs? Well, that's the whole thing. And that's what's really interesting is they almost have a cat, like a like a 2000 Spurs, those really good Hawks teams throughout the years. They have this weird kind of almost football team structure of really, really – high-level role-player guys. And role-player not in the traditional sense of, like, 7th, 8th, ninth off the bench, but, like, playing the role of a sharp-shooting, ball-handling point guard. Darius Garland slots into that perfectly. You're it's not like, asking him to be a ball-stopper. You're not asking him to do any of this other stuff. takes the last shot of the game? Donovan Mitchell, easily. And do you have faith in Donovan Mitchell hating the last time? I have a ton of, of faith game? in Donovan Mitchell. I think that Donovan Mitchell is a Devin Booker-like player. I think you're player. a joke if you trust Donovan I Mitchell. I think he is a Devin Booker-like player who has not had Devin Booker-like supporting cast until right now. I think that they are going to be dangerous in the playoffs. And then the big thing in the East, too, is what's, what is the biggest obstacle Donovan in the Mitchell East? Donovan Mitchell is a volume shooter. What is the biggest obstacle in the shooter. East? The, the biggest obstacle in the East is all of the big bodies that are trying to get to the rim all the time. Giannis, Embiid, all those boys. And let me tell you, the Cavs have a, a stable of big bodies that they can throw at these guys who are high-level defenders on both the perimeter and in the paint. So I love the Cavs' odds of breaking that mold. If anyone was to ever do it, I think it's the Cavs. I've watched the six they are fighters. Yeah. Who do the Cavs have on their bench? They got jack shit. Now, I don't know enough about the Cavs' bench to dispute that. <laughs> well, let I, me just tell you, when you I'm going to look something up, and I'm going to Of course you need 36 players out of your stars, 36 minutes out of your stars. But if you lose those 12 minutes where your stars aren't in, you ain't winning the game. So, I mean, you have Kevin Love, Karis LeVert, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, so Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, oh, oh. C.D. Osman is still there. That is crazy. C.D. Osman's still there. Did he leave Cleveland, or has he been there since the LeBron? I don't... No, no, no. He never left. I don't think he ever left. Who would have thought NBA Finals winner, hot takes only, would be such a contentious question? Yeah, yeah immediately. Does anyone else have an answer? You guys got anything? Um... Maybe it's not super hot, but I think the Grizzlies could do it. That's a that's a hot one. I'd say that's I think they could do it. But when I look at that roster compared to the Cavs roster, I see no more experience, and I see a thinner rotation. Well, they got one experience of being in the playoffs last year. The Cavs were in the playoffs last year, weren't they? But the, the Grizzlies made it two rounds and lost to the Warriors who won it all. That's true. 
That is true. <laughs> and it's I definitely think they be- have more definitely better talent. Experience. And I think it's just like, I don't know. GB, if anybody want to throw out there, you want to throw out like the uh, Houston Rockets or something? <laughs> uh, where Gobert went to the Wolves, right? Yeah. yeah. Wolves? Fuck it. I'll, I'll throw out the T Wolves. They've been terrible. Yeah. I know. All right. Next question. <laughs> this is coming from Ed Foley. No relation. How is it possible that Michael Mayer can make first team All American and not win the Mackey Award? And I want to align with this guy who I have no relation to and don't root for the same college football team whatsoever. And I want to say that it's absolutely ridiculous that Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end, made first team All American and did not get the best tight end is in college rid- football. How do you make first team all college football and not get the award? Is it ridiculous for the opposite because he shouldn't have gotten first team all? American because the it was it the Georgia tight end won the Mackey? Yeah, was it the Georgia tight end? Was it the Georgia tight end who won the Mackey? Too uninformed to know. Too uninformed. I, I no, yeah, he he was the one who won it. And I would stand by him all day. I, I watched him a lot. Colorado State's Trey McBride won that was those years Mackey ago. Awards. He's on the Cardinals at this point. And that's uninformed. Sorry, that's twenty two. That, that is funny. That was the first that was the first answer up on Yahoo. <laughs> that's really funny. I can't do that. <laughs> But uh, Brock Bowers is a fucking beast. Like he, yeah, it was Brock Bowers. He, he is like Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts level. And he's the he's the number one receiver on the number one team in the country as a tight end. I think that that gives you the Mackey yeah. every time. He should have been first team All American. I think it That's was your a... answer, Ed. I'm sorry. All right, we got some more. What are All the, right, what one more, more, one more here. Is Michael Jordan the worst owner in the league? <laughs> it's uh, club. He's down there. Who are some other bad owners? Uh, I mean, James Dolan you gotta is remember, the worst. You got to remember <laughs> the owner of the Bobcats. Yes. Too. I think the Hornets have done some good stuff lately, though. I mean, they drafted Lamella, which kind of fixes all wrongs, and then they didn't really do much besides that. But for the longest like they have time, some direction. He's already hurt, though. Yeah, I know. But he's for the good. longest time, the Hornets were totally cap fucked. I think that when they were paying Nicholas Batum like $27 million yeah. a year, and they just didn't have any good players, but they didn't have any money to spend for years. And I don't know if that's changed or not, but well, hopefully it has. Yeah, um, they've started They started to shake it out a little more. They know who they're building around now. It's going to take a couple of years, but I mean, I don't think you can say anything about the direction of what they're doing for another year or two. They should make the playoffs next year, and if they don't, that's bad. Um, but James Dolan is the worst owner in all of the NBA, and I don't think it's close. He's the Knicks owner, if people don't know, and he is terrible, and he's been terrible the entire time, and he is still terrible. Sell the team, James, from your dear friends at Loudon. I would still say sports. that the Knicks have been better than the Hornets over the last 15, 20 years. But I think a yeah, lot think of that... A lot market. of that is, is that they are the Knicks. So yeah, to Jeep's point, it's the market, and it's weird. We people don't really talk about this for football, baseball a little bit, but it's also so influenced by who has the money. Basketball is the big like. I'm a star. I want to go play where stars play. And since I've been alive, the Knicks have always been tagged as the place that stars want to play, and yet nobody actually ends up wanting to play there, which is always it's frustrating. Always I don't know if you remember the. Uh, the year that Zion yeah, was getting was drafted. The last big guy. What was the the graphics with Kyrie, Katie, and Zion Williamson? They're yeah. like, the year. Um, so, I mean, we're building kind of like a weird, half-assed, terrible mid-market team right now. I think changes obviously need to come. Um, but Dolan apparently has like vaguely explored selling the team, and, and that kind of seems like the big step. He's a real piece of shit. I don't have anything to disagree with. I would say that the Clippers had a rough run there, and then they got a new they owner. They got Balmer. <laughs> Probably the best better. owner in the uh, in the NBA. He's a little bit better, and I would say maybe the – Who owns the Timberwolves? Yeah, they've been pretty putrid. They they've have. been terrible. But don't they have new owners? But I would say, like, I think your point's pretty valid, though, that New York should be successful and at least, like, become a – competitive team they haven't even been competitive and it's about getting like you you just need one guy who's an unrestricted free agency where you don't have to tie anything else to this and you just give him a lot of money which the team has and bring him in and just have him show out and 
it's been strikeout after strikeout. The Wizards strikeout. have been a pretty poorly run franchise, if I'm thinking about oh, it. Have, you know who owns the Timberwolves or who's a minority owner in the Timberwolves? Alex Rodriguez? Yes. <laughs> I got I that. just Googled it. Let's jump into hypotheticals. We've heard that this is our favorite segment that we do on the podcast because guess what? When you're loud and uninformed, hypotheticals is the where you, where you kind of call home. Give Ooh. us more feedback, guys. Come on. Actually, yeah, we'd love feedback. Feedback. Um, who is the athlete of the 21st century so far? Mm. And I'm going to give you guys a second to think about it. And I have I, I, to bring up. Okay, I, I, like I, obviously, I think it's between Brady and LeBron. I said the same thing, except now I'm thinking Tiger's probably got to be a part of that too, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sean earlier said Michael Phelps. I do think Michael oh, Phelps I, discussion as the greatest Olympian ever. If we're getting into minority sport, I, I, that's probably not the right word for it. But uh, <laughs> I think. You have to take like Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal uh, when it comes. Yeah, to- yeah probably Djokovic and probably Federer. All yeah, three. but they, they've they're like four slams ahead of them now. Probably uh, 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 Serena is probably in there too. Yeah, yep. we're Serena. Egalitarian here. Um, um, how about Messi or Ronaldo? I think potentially, yeah. They reach a larger audience than LeBron. And Tom Brady. But if we're talking about reaching larger audience, then we got to kick out some of the other people we already just talked about. Yeah. I think there's a good – I also think Curry as being part of the most dominant NBA dynasty of the 21st century. But I don't know if you look at Curry and you go like, this man was the most phenomenal he athlete. He the first the... unanimous MVP of the NBA. No, I totally agree. But I think that there's some level of – like when people talk about the great athletes of this previous century, I know that – Apparently, Pele was the athlete. He was the, the previous country. athlete of the. Of the but who does everybody say for the for in the in the U.S.? It's always Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. And it's kind of like okay, what what is the commonalities there? I mean, obviously they played multiple sports, but I think the big one is just underlying athleticism that these people would be freaks at anything. So that's why I'm less inclined to give it to somebody like Curry and more inclined to give it to like a physical specimen sure. like LeBron. I think it's a, I mean, obviously it's a very difficult question Mm -hmm. and it depends on how you want to define it. I come out from an angle. Brady is the most successful American large sport athlete. Like he did it six times with one team and then he did it once with a new. Would you you say that he's more been more successful than Michael because he did it with. Michael so many different the, teams. Michael didn't do it in the 21st century, though, is the difference. Did you say ever? No, I'm talking about the 21st century. Oh, just 20. Okay. okay. Michael didn't do it in the 21st. He did it in the 20th. Sure. I think Michael's more impressive because he, those six the years. Short he, window, yeah. Let's not talk about the Wizards' time, even though we live in DC. Let's not, let's not talk about the Wizards' time. Forget about it. I think Brady's very impressive. I think Michael Phelps is extremely impressive as the most decorated Olympian in history. And he did that all in the 21st century, which guess what? We can go the entire next like three centuries and nobody's going to win like the 20 something gold medals he's done. And like to be that good over 16 years in swimming, like you don't understand, like 18 year olds take the spots of people that were in the Olympics the previous year that were like 20. But, <laughs> like, like, but for swimming, there's usually more longevity than there is for most Olympic sports, that's not like true. gymnastics. We're right, talking so about that, the other right. goats that we have, like Simone Biles would probably be in that conversation. But gymnastics has such a short window that she wasn't able to achieve nearly as much as as somebody else might simply because you can't do it when you're like 24 years old, you're, you're right, geriatric at that point. How about, how about a guy like uh Floyd money Mayweather? That's a good one. Three and oh. That's a good one. A lot of people, I must say in the, uh, in the boxing community frown upon the zero losses. Cause it makes it feel like he was running. 
think it was, wasn't taking good fights. Yeah, like there's a I forget who it was. Maybe it was Sugar Ray, but he went 53 and 0 in his first 53 fights, I think, and then lost one, and then won the next 87 or something. So there's definitely been a sense of like Floyd Mayweather's been protecting himself to not fight as much, and like I think like all of the like Muhammad Ali. You know, George Foreman, Sonny List, and all these guys have fought like 200 fights, and Floyd's got 53. So, if we're, if we're in to combat sports, Khabib is undefeated. And so, but is again, Jones. is that too short? Would you call him the greatest UFC fighter of all time? No, I think John Jones is. Yeah. So, I think it's tough if you go, John Jones is the greatest UFC fighter of all time. He only fought in the 21st century. Khabib's better than Khabib's the the more significant 21st century athlete. I think it's got to be John Jones in that. He has. also beat like look at who he beat. He beat Cormier. Uh, his only loss yeah. was because he used illegal elbows. So he literally beat the guy up too hard. That's why he <laughs> blocked the fight. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna say with like Tiger Woods, great. I think if Tiger, obviously he had the whole incident with his wife. And the adultery that sidelined his career and has only won one major since the Masters, or whatever, which was awesome. Like, get that. He would have dominated the sport for another, I think, 15 years if that all didn't happen. If he was a potentially, okay guy. yeah, potentially, I think he might have it. But I think I have to give it to Messi for winning seven Ballon d'Ors. And especially if he wins this World Cup, which, by the way, today he beat Croatia in the semifinal. And this would be his bow out. That's a good point. I think that if we're talking storyline, if Messi can cap the whole thing with a big World Cup. If he can Cup win this win. World Cup, because I, I don't think he is unless he wins a World Cup. Because that's the biggest thing in soccer. It defines you. Yes. Is if you've won a World Cup, especially if he yeah. goes to a big country like Messi, Argentina, they're good. They've yes. won two World Cups before. You can't go down as the greatest of all time if you've played for a country that's won a World Cup. And you didn't, and win, you didn't win one. Yeah. It can't happen. No, I totally agree. And I think that there's a couple more instances for that kind of legacy stuff to really show up in a big way. LeBron becoming the number one scorer of all time and a record that might not really be touched for a while. That's going to be very significant. Like that's, I think LeBron's kind of set the standard for kind of some of the shit that when we have kids and we're, you know, 60, 70, 80, that people are still talking about the greatness of Maybe LeBron we'll James. We'll discuss on new pop, but I honestly think the scoring all-time points record will be broken like seven times crazy like yeah well crazy. i think it's just no 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 because of points inflation like exactly. you have to think about it. points inflation more points there's a cap level. there's a cap and who knows it'll start and i think i don't know i think like, it just happened with the nfl the nfl there's a points explosion and it's already being walked back it's in, it's in it's, 15 gets faster, years gets faster, we're gonna be watching be nba games and there's gonna be no defense like there's just not gonna be any defense being played it's just going to be all fast but it's going to be like watching gonzaga play itself like there is why do you think that do you think that's because that's that's what would make people win more and then that's what people are going to lean on or yeah i think i mean that's i think that i think the the way that fouls are called in the nba also like they they realize that the more like points equals ratings like people want to watch scoring so yeah yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what's going to happen. I I would say that right now the biggest knock on regular season NBA basketball is that there's not enough defense being played. You think that that the the league is unaware of that and is like, yeah, people should be All able right, to score. We're, get, we're getting too far away from the actual <laughs> I do think it's Michael Phelps unless Best Messi week. wins the World Cup this weekend, and then I would give it to Messi. I think it's got to be LeBron or Brady. Yeah, I I go with Brady, but LeBron just doesn't have the rings. Like he he just who's your runner up, Jeep? That is true. Um, I think Tiger just because of Tiger's how dominant he was. Like, I don't think there is anybody more dominant than Tiger. I mean, he so like when he was doing his runs, uh, he would be an even like favorite to win the masters, which is crazy. Like now the, sure. the biggest favorite will be plus 1000. Yeah. And it was just like, it's tiger. will probably win. Maybe some, like, I, I, I just, that's unfathomable to me. Did he start his run in the nineties or is everything that he's ever done been in the 21st century? It started in the nineties, but the, the bulk of it, it hurts him. That hurts it does him. Hurt him. 
it does a little bit. How much of it do you know? Uh, no, I'm Googling it right now. That's good. Inform yourself. No, we're uninformed. That's right. I forgot. And this is where we wrap it before Jeeb learns about the actual facts. We don't want Jeeb okay. to know. No, he won his first in 99, but everything else was... Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, yeah but he's still got, what, 16 others? I think so that's... He's got a, so he's at 15. 16 others. Oh, you're counting. Okay. <laughs> I thought he wouldn't do the math. But he's an accountant. I should, I, no, no, I no, no. That's, count, that's count math right there. All right. Well, that's boys. more than enough. We need to stop. Yeah. Yeah, we have to. We have to. No one's listening. Well, Russell, my father. Right? Russell's listening, and so is your dad, but no one else. <laughs> I've heard also a couple more and a couple random listeners, and we thank you all for tuning in and everything. Thank you, listeners. I thank hope you. you guys all have a happy holidays. We'll try and get a couple episodes out over the holidays, but of course, it might be tough with schedules and everything. But uh, Hanukkah starts up a few days. So happy yes, Hanukkah. It- Yes, it does. Yeah, of course. Yeah, when does it start? I thought it was like beginning in December. This is a pro-Semitism podcast. Absolutely. Right. When does Hanukkah start? Yeah. No, when does it start? The 18th, 19th, something like that. I'm glad you clarified that for the win- for all the listeners. Was what? That he's a pro-Semite. I said that. No, he don't. He also oh, he's did. also a pro-Semite. Yeah. I approved. That's good. All right, that was good stuff. I'm glad we talked about that. Um Guys, it was fun talking as always, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for all the listeners, not just Russell. I got to say thank you, Russell, but also thanks to all the listeners that are hanging in there. Thank you, listeners. T-shirts coming soon. T-shirts are coming soon. All right. It's been real. Is this where we say bye to each other? No, it's gone. It's done. It's over. <laughs> Why do you keep doing this, Jeep? You should catch on. I'm not catching on. Like instead of our podcast, I'll say goodbye to each other. Yes, we do. We say all right. See ya. Bye, G. Is that not on the podcast? I've never gotten to the end. Oh, Good Taco. Luck.